You're listening to the Mars Attacks Radio and Podcast Classic Albums Column. Here is your host, Victor. Welcome, one and all, to episode 68 of the Mars Attacks podcast. Technically, the next episode of the Classic Albums column. We'll get to that in a second. I did start things off there with a little Iron Maiden coming off of Killers. That's a little bit of the Ides of March. And that goes out to Clive Burr, uh, the one and only late legendary drummer of Maiden who passed away yesterday. Um, Very sad day for me. Grew up listening to him and I posted this on Facebook. uh, Posted a snippet of The Prisoner. Always like a go-to warm-up song when I get behind the drum kit. Just something about his feeling and his playing uh, to that song. Um, Not to diminish Nico McBrain in any way, shape, or form... But I've never heard him play that song exactly like Clive. There's just a certain feel and a certain nuance to his playing that just can't be beat. So I want to dedicate this episode to Clive Burr. Um, My thoughts and prayers go out to his family. And, uh, you know, in the end, you just got to love this guy for his musical contributions. Made plenty of us happy with his playing, with what he did on all those early Maiden albums, and uh, really, really helped take Maiden to the next level. You know, a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, Steve Harris and Bruce and this and that, but, you know, realistically, if Clive wasn't there for those first few albums, you know, Maiden wouldn't be what they are. Uh, I'm not sure that, you know, songs like Running Free or Iron Maiden... Uh, or Killers, or even Ides of March, which I just played, would sound the same. Anyway, thank you, Clive Burr, for all of your musical contributions. Now, off to the classic albums column. This month, we feature Slayer's Seasons in the Abyss. Double 
there you go, a little of War Ensemble coming off of Seasons in the Abyss. For those of you that don't know what the Classic Albums column is all about, it's basically me getting together a bunch of musicians, uh, podcasters, show hosts, journalists, so on and so forth, and having them uh, basically comment on an album that I have selected. Uh, Why was Season selected and not Rain and Blood or South of Heaven? Uh, Well, basically because I like to go for albums that aren't possibly as discussed as some of the more famous albums. Uh, Not to diminish anything from South of Heaven or from Rain and Blood, but Seasons in the Abyss was an album that pretty much got... Uh, Slayer on TV, uh, got them on the radio more so than just there, and they got a DeVita cover. Uh, War Ensemble was being played like mad on MTV at that time. Uh, there are a bunch of different songs, Dead Skin Mask, which we'll play later, that made it on uh, TV as well. There's that ominous um, video with them in front of the pyramids in Egypt that I remember seeing for the first time, really just was so cool. It was, you know, very uh, ominous. Uh, sort of like freaked you out if you're watching it in the middle of the night. Just the way that that song was uh, was structured and has like an Arabian feel to it, which always just sucks me in. That's something that you'll hear me mention uh, talking to Gene Hoagland later on. Um, but anyway, so yeah, some of the albums that are selected are obvious choices. Some aren't, you know, it's sort of, uh, you know, to try to spark a discussion, to try to, you know, get people to check out specific albums, uh, maybe go back and revisit them if they haven't listened to them in a long time, and just pretty much just, you know, share the love of metal and hard rock and just touch upon some very important albums in the whole evolutionary chain of hard rock and metal. There are some people that absolutely love Slayer. We know that. There are so many Slayer fanatics out there. There are others that aren't all that into them or just don't like them. I think Slayer is a band that either love or you really don't get. Um, So I think it's important to touch on all aspects of metal and hard rock because all of this helped us sort of get from point A, which started, you know, way back (laughs) when the blues was the newest thing in town uh, to where we are today with so many, you know, great bands out there. And, you know, obviously Slayer's been in the news with all the things going on with Dave Lombardo. But uh, let's focus on this album. Uh, For those of you, again, that are checking this out for the first time, you can go back and check out other shows that we've done, other classic albums column. And um, outside of this podcast, you can go to the website marsattacksradio.com and you'll find written comments by various artists, show hosts, photographers, um, producers, so on and so forth. Uh, You'll find all that great information right there on the web as well. So um, we'll touch upon some of the just standout comments that we did receive. And uh, before that, again, let me just touch upon some of the other albums that we've already discussed. We kicked things off initially with Metallica's Injustice for All. Then we went to Prong's The Cleansing. Went to Queens of the Stone Age Songs for the Deaf. 
Van Halen's Van Halen 2, Anima by Tool, Peace Cells by Megadeth, Painkiller by Judas Priest, Shout at the Devil by Motley Crue, Far Beyond Driven by Pantera, the self-titled debut by Suicidal Tendencies, and right now, we are here today in the now with Slayers, Seasons, In the Abyss. What we're going to do is we're going to kick things off with fellow Cast Iron Ring podcaster, Rock, from Radioactive Metal. Something else I got to pimp here. If you don't know what the Cast Iron Ring is, it's a network of podcasts that Mars Attacks is affiliated to. There's Radioactive Metal, Focus on Metal, uh, Iron City Rocks, Wiki Metal, Shockwaves Hard Radio, and we also have Bob doing Shockwaves Skull Sessions. Uh, we have Bonehand Half Hour, and the latest show to come on board, Weird Ways Radio Show. So if you want to check any of those shows out, go to the cast. I'm I'm screwing this up already. Castironring.com. That's it. And you'll find all the great shows that are associated to this network of podcasts. We're going to have Rock Up first. What we'll do is we'll get into a little Blood Red coming off of Seasons in the Abyss. came out um by that point i was 
kind of getting out of Slayer, really. And uh, I remember that I totally loved Rain and Blood. Uh, South of Heaven, I thought, was good. I wasn't really digging it that much. And then by the time Seasons in the Abyss came out, I was pretty much out of Slayer. Um, I didn't really care anymore. Uh, although I love War Ensemble and uh, the song Seasons in the Abyss. Uh, that's Those songs are incredible. And um, I remember that the two times I saw Slayer, they played War Ensemble both times. And I thought that the roof gonna blow, was going to blow up off, you know, off the place. So... Um, I think War Ensemble is probably one of the greatest Slayer songs. Uh, it's a shame that it had to appear on Seasons of the, in the Abyss because, like I said, I really don't really don't care for that album uh, to the point where I wanted to listen to it before I recorded this thing and uh, to really you know have it fresh in my mind. And I'm looking through my collection; I don't have it anymore. I used to have it on CD, and now I don't even have it anymore. So that tells me that. I sold it a long time ago because I don't even remember selling it to, to be to be honest, and that's how I am. If if I don't listen to something for a while, I, I get rid of it to get something new that I will appreciate uh, a little bit more. So yeah, so uh, that's pretty much it. That's uh, what I think about uh, Seasons in the Abyss. There you go. I did not listen to that before including, um, or I should say editing it into this episode. I do have to thank Rock for sending his comments along. And I think it's great that he didn't like the album. Why do I think it's great? Because I hate when you have these discussions about albums or artists and everything is just a love fest. He loves earlier Slayer, and that's cool. You know, that's completely, you know, up to him. Not everyone is going to feel that way. Um, but just cool that he was very honest. Up next, we have a podcaster extraordinaire. Eh, not so much podcaster. Trying to convince him to be a pod- podcaster. Um, his name is Anarud. You may know him as Andrew Bansal from Metal Assault. He's back in the U.S. For anyone that was wondering, I'm sure he's running wild out there in L.A. right now. Very envious of this uh, particular person and uh, his whole crew that he's got out there that helped cover things while he was uh, back in India. So uh, congrats uh, to Andrew for getting back stateside. Uh, let's check out a little bit of Spirit in Black. And uh, before I forget, go to MetalAssault.com in the event that you don't know who Andrew is and all the great stuff that he offers. So let's get into the track and then Andrew's comments. <laughs> Your mind thought not 
So, well, Slayer seasons in the abyss is, you know, it's uh, it's a good time to talk about it for me because I they toured behind this album a couple of times last year when they when Megadeth were touring behind Rust in Peace and um, Slayer picked seasons in the abyss as a kind of a a tour package where you know you can get to be nostalgic about these two legendary albums. So, well. I'm lucky that I got to see that and uh, because I obviously never saw the original tour which I was too young at the time and nowhere near the metal scene at all and this came out in 1990 of course the same year as West in Peace and um, the thing about this album that I honestly can say is that I like it better at home because uh, I just feel that it's musically pretty deep as compared to the other Slayer albums and uh, it, it just shows how how well it flows together, how well the songs, you know, flow from one to the other. But live, it just, it just hits a plateau, I feel, you know, it just doesn't um, present the same aggressive side of Slayer that probably Rain and Blood or some other album does, you know, like South of Heaven does or, or uh, you know, God Hits Us All, even for that matter, or, or even the new one, which is, which is, I'm a huge fan of, the World Pain and Blood album. So, um, this album doesn't really translate that well live, to be honest. But and Dave Lombardo agreed with me on that when I asked him in the interview that I did uh, last year when they played the Long Beach Arena, uh, not the Long Beach Arena. Well, they did play the Long Beach Arena, but I interviewed him at the uh, Gibson, um, and I asked him uh, as to uh, how much he's enjoying playing this album, and he he pretty clearly said that he's 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 uh, done with it, and he hopes that they don't tour behind this album again and they to concentrate <laughs> on the new stuff so you heard it right from the horse's mouth that you know that they he doesn't enjoy playing it live as much as he enjoys the other stuff you know just to be clear not that he does not enjoy it period but it, comparatively to the other stuff that's what he, he meant to say and i would i would agree with that and that's why i asked him the question and it it did not even live up to to the megadeth rust in peace uh album in terms of the live the whole vibe that it created on the live show but but that's not to to bag on the album or anything i mean i'm just i just wanted to point it out that it, i like it better at home and it, it's as good as any other slayer album when you listen to it at home and you know the start itself war and symbol and there's blood red and there's uh expandable youth and then there's a uh, dead skin mask of course which is one of my ultimate like favorite slayer songs because because of like count countless number of reasons, you know, just everything about it. And then there's Born of Fire. Then there's the title song, which, which is a uh, pretty much uh, uh, an epic in with uh, in terms of Slayer standards. You know, six and a half minutes. <laughs> so um, <laughs> this album has a lot more. Uh, I feel a lot more um, substance as compared to Rain in Blood or or even um, South of Heaven. You know, to be to be honest and. Musically, I feel it, it's right up there with anything they've ever done, and it's it's a great studio album. So, highly recommend it for any heavy metal fan. You know, it, it true it shows the true musicianship skills of Slayer, which uh, sometimes people tend to forget because they just see their thrashy side. You know, so this shows them more than just a thrash metal band. So, uh, season their bass is the uh, quintess not exactly the quintessential Slayer album, but it's a great piece of music and shows uh, Slayer at his best. Really have no choice. Faded memories haunt you. Listen closely to my voice. Feed me all your hatred. Empty all your thoughts to me. 
go. Check out Andrew's Metal Assault at metalassault.com. Up next, the great author, Martin Popoff. Um, he's touched on all types of subjects. I just recently purchased a download uh, regarding the band Fastaway. Uh, always love their... I actually love everything they've more or less put out, uh, especially with the Dave King lineup. Love a lot of the stuff they did with Lee Hart. Uh, didn't like so much what Eddie just released about a, a year ago. I don't know. Um, was okay. Just wasn't up to standards with the other stuff. Just my opinion. Similar to this. Some people, you know, prefer Rain and Blood and South of Heaven. You know, others prefer this album. Anyway, let's keep things going. Talking all things Seasons in the Abyss. If you want to check out any of Martin Popoff's books, uh, and I should say, I bought a bunch off of um, the Amazon download, uh, the the Kindle store, or however you want to call it. I have the Kindle app on my iPad and downloaded a History of Sabbath and a bunch of other pretty cool books. Um, just... Uh, I would say go to iTunes, go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble and compare the different prices because you can download all the various apps, the Kindle and Nook and obviously the iBook apps on your iPad. So um, just um, you know, check it out because that Sabbath book I believe was a few bucks more expensive on uh, in the iTunes store. In any event, go to Martin Popoff, uh, that is M-A-R-T-I-N-P-O-P. O-F-F dot com and check out some of the other great books he has to offer and he's finally on Facebook so hit him up on Facebook uh, here we go we're going to get into a little bit of Expendable Youth and get into Martin Popoff's comments <laughs>
Slayer Seasons in the Abyss. Um, Seasons in the Abyss is my second favorite Slayer album after South of Heaven. I just loved when they slowed down to that pulverizing uh, pace. Uh, the production, I thought, was best on Seasons and on South of Heaven. I mean, everybody likes Rain and Blood, and of course it's a great album. Um, but really, I think these two are the, the heaviest Slayer albums, using the definition of heavy, meaning uh, something that feels weighty and claustrophobic and oppressive. It's not just punky, hardcore, uh, fast stuff all the time. Uh, I, I just thought the grinding grooves of Seasons in South of Heaven were, were the best the band would ever get. inspire a million bands in the 90s <clears throat> white zombie uh for example um so yeah very cool riff expendable youth great great track uh, off of south of heaven and that to me further shows the influence of this album and how you know um this helped get slayer to you know the masses so um finally Someone says that it's one of their favorite Slayer albums. So there you go. Uh, up next, our good friend Mitch Lafon. I uh, got to speak to Mitch last week because he's doing a um, campaign on Pledge Music. The campaign that he's doing is for a Kiss tribute album, a 40th anniversary tribute album. We always talk about Kiss with Mitch. Uh, but this is for a special cause his father-in-law passed away late last year, and what they're going to do is they're going to donate almost all of the proceeds uh, to the place where he went um, in his final days, where they made him uh, very comfortable and made um, you know his final few days as nice as possible. Um, when I say that they're going to donate as much as possible to this cause, there are things like licensing that they have to pay to um, uh, to the Recording Industry of America and NASCAP, if I'm not mistaken. I could be screwing those up. But anyway, uh, it isn't any Gene or Paul issue or whatever. It's just legally you have to pay to use and record someone else's song. So there you go. Um, Mitch is... All over the place. Um, just listened to one of his podcasts today. A great, great podcast called Three Sides of the Coin. Kiss-related, what a surprise. He also does another uh, podcast called Dropping the Needle, both with Michael Branville. And um, Three Sides has another host, Tim. Sorry, I forget your last name, but they had a cool episode with Bruce Kulick. Um, what else? Mitch is on Pure Grain Audio, used to be on 
Brave Words. Uh, in any event, we're going to get into Dead Skin Mask. And right after that, we'll jump into Mitch LaFon's comments. <laughs> take on on that album uh you know what that's one of those where uh it's um it was one of those albums again i'm not a slayer fan but 
musically was so strong that you just had to listen to it. And they're not pop songs by any stretch of the imagination, but they're hooky. You know, the songs have hooks to them that even if the vocals are all over the place, the music was just so powerful that you had to listen. Right. And I can, I can understand why, now what are we talking here, 2015, 2025? 20, I mean, that's a, you know, whatever years it is. When did that come out? 80, 86, 87? The album actually came out in 1990. So, wow. Actually, October 9th of 1990, so it's almost uh, 20, 21 years. years ago. But, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been a long time. And the reason that album is so powerful is take away imagery, take away vocals, take away even the lyrics, and just musically, that album is so tight that, you know, even a Britney Spears fan would have to say, yeah, you know what, they <laughs> hit the mark with that. Because they really, right. they really, that was sort of a, that really was a musical tour de force. I mean, they really nailed it. They, they nailed it. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know, I don't, I don't know what else to say about that other than, you know, they nailed it. Musically, that was, and, and they haven't done anything as um, well put together since then. You know, they've done albums that have had one or two great songs, lyrically and vocally. Right. But they've never had an album that for, and I forget how long it was, it was 50 minutes long or 55 minutes long, or I forget the length, but that, let's say for about an hour, just hit you right between the eyes, didn't let up, and your ears went, oh, I like this. And right. that's Seasons. Uh, but I, I prefer seasoning the obese. Actually, <laughs> you got to go check that out by SOD if you haven't heard the haven't heard that little sort of offhand tribute to 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 uh, Abyss.
such a cool, cool track, Dead Skin Mask, possibly my favorite Slayer track of all time, uh, if not my favorite, definitely up there as one of my all-time favorites. There you go, Mitch Lafon wanting to reference his good friend Charlie Benante of Anthrax and of SOD's Seasoning of the Abyss. I uh, was contemplating playing that, but everything's going to work out, so... Um, We'll be able to feature a bunch of tracks off of this album. Up next, we have Dave Reffitt. If you haven't checked out his uh, album, Shredding the Envelope, highly recommended. Has a bunch of different guests on there. Well, now he's sort of returning the favor. He's working with George Lynch on his Shadow Train project. Uh, he actually just did a solo for Michelangelo, Michelangelo Batio's um, soon-to-be-released solo album. So Dave's making the rounds. He's always at NAMM every year, and this year he got to um, play some uh, covers with Anne Boleyn of Hellion. And uh, in any event, check out the soon-to-be-released project with George Lynch. There's a bunch of different uh, clips on YouTube, and that is Shadow Train. In any event, let's get into Hallowed Point. Coming off of Seasons in the Abyss by Slayer. Seasons in the Abyss by Slayer, I probably would say is my favorite Slayer album, honestly. Like, like Rain and Blood is awesome. There's no doubt about it. I mean, what I like about Seasons is um, there's a, a lot of different lyrical content going on. You know, there's stuff about war. There's, there's the typical kind of devil kind of shit. And then there's also kind of like, you know, political stuff and social awareness, you know, like... Um, I think it's Expendable Youth is the one where they're, um, you know, it's talking about street violence and all kinds of stuff like that. And that's, I think that that's interesting that they branched out and went into a lot of different topics, a lot of different areas. And uh, I remember reading something from Kerry King once where he was talking about for that record, uh, they started to study, like they got, I think they took some guitar lessons or whatever and started to really learn a bunch of scales and, um, you know, try to bump up their lead playing in terms of knowledge. 
and it really shows. I mean, there's some there's some badass guitar solos on seasons, and um, not to take anything away from Rain and Blood because I think what made Rain and Blood so special is, you know, they're just really going for it on that one, dude. They're just like balls to the wall, just going for it, and um, yeah, the lead playing on that one's insane, no doubt about it. And um, Rain and Blood was only like 28 minutes long or something. So with seasons, I feel it's kind of like a they stretched out a little more and um, a lot of interesting riffs on there. Um, I actually got to meet him. He did a guitar clinic out here uh, once. He was doing these kind of like guitar abuse, he called them, clinics. And he was a really cool guy. And um, at the end of it, he was like, does anybody want to come up and play my guitar? And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. So <laughs> I went up there. He was really, really cool, um, really chill, down-to-earth, funny guy. And I played his guitar. His guitar, he had what, like a big BC Ridge V with tribal stuff on it. It weighed about 7,000 pounds. And um, I played Dead Skin Mask and did the solo and everything. And he was like, man, you just did, uh, he's like, you just did mine and Jeff's part at the same time or something is what he said. And I was like, cool, man, that's nice. And um, a lot of the fans there really appreciated what I did too, which was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, they were a big band for me growing up on my guitar playing, definitely. You know, because they always had interesting riffs and, and all that. And uh, when I was a kid, I really liked the live album, whatever it's called. I think it's Decade of Aggression or something. But that was a cool one to put in and just jam along to, you know, like a good, you know, that was always a fun one. And, yeah, good band, man. I've seen them a bunch of times. They're, they're still great live and everything. And But I especially enjoy this one. Kills its victims by sweet revenge Bitter is depression The thrill is relief All my hate is deep persuasion
hollowed point coming off of Seasons in the Abyss. Before that, Dave Reffitt with his comments. I always have to thank Dave uh, because he's helped me get in touch with a lot of the people that you either hear or read their comments on the MarsAttacksRadio.com website when these album columns do come out. Some of the comments that I did want to read to you, just so you know, it makes you guys go to the website and check the comments out. Uh, you have comments from our good friend, uh, Dan Lorenzo. Mm, let me just give you a snippet here. Um, great production, great performance, a bit more melody singing from Tom than previous, but classic by... But an, Excuse me, I'm messing this up. But another classic by... Slayer in caps. Um, who else? We have uh, John Leone, who is always, uh, you know, not one to be scared to uh, stir things up. Uh, the finest hour of Slayer in the charts. Rick Rubin and the band dumped down the sound just enough to crack Slayer in the Billboard Top 100. Slayer's best will always be Rain and Blood, though. Seriously. Uh, Show No Mercy also pisses on this album. So does South of Heaven. Then again, only Master of Puppets can even hang with those three. Slayer are the masters of thrash, period. John Leone of White Wizard, who is readying a new White Wizard album. Uh, Who else? We have our good friend, Jason Bittner of Shadows Fall. Jason was... Uh, was sick not too long ago. Hope he is feeling better now. Um, Jason sends these comments along. Just spent the last five and a half weeks on tour with Slayer, watching them every night. Still one of my favorite bands ever, and they still crush every night. Seasons, not much needs to be said about this album. It's my favorite. Well, maybe Rain is, but this is damn close. Okay, there you go. And, of course, one of the quintessential metal bass players of all time. David Ellison of Megadeth sends the following. We did a lot of touring together during this time period, and personally, I like that Slayer was doing more than just playing fast. To me, this album shows a lot of maturity in their songwriting and brought in their scope of worldviews, which thrash fans love. So go to MarsAttacksRadio.com, check out these comments and a bunch of other cool comments as well. Uh, from a whole assortment of characters that have sent their comments along regarding this album. And go back and check out all the other classic albums columns. You can find them right there on MarsAttacksRadio.com. You can stream them right there from the site, or you can download them off of iTunes or the site as well. Um, What else? Oh, one thing that I forgot to mention before. We are on Spreaker now. Found that about Spreaker. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Thanks to Jeff Young, former guitarist of Megadeth, who I saw was posting on Spreaker. So decided, eh, why not give it a shot? So we'll see if people like checking it out via there. It automatically copies things over to SoundCloud as well off of Spreaker. So that all works. And um, what else? Again, subscribe via iTunes and you'll get all the great Mars Attacks podcast episodes uh up next alan tecchio alan tecchio of hades nonfiction, seven witches watchtower uh, autumn hour so on and so forth great great singer uh very underrated uh good friend of the show 
always easy to get in contact with and always very frank and honest with his comments, uh, as you will see with what he mentions about Slayer here. So let's keep things going, get into a little Skeletons of Society, and jump into Alan Tecchio's comments. specific reason why? I thought South of Heaven had a kind of like, uh, 
acoustic stuff, Spill the Blood, certain songs that just had more eerie atmosphere to them. I mean, I like King's Wrath, but I think some of his stuff is just so, I don't know, it's just not as, it doesn't suck me in like Jeff's stuff does. Slayer, the album that is featured on this month's Mars Attacks Classic Albums column. Up next, we have Giovanni Durst of the band White Wizard. I mentioned John Leone's comments before. Um, we're going to have some uh, some of Giovanni Durst, and John is going to chime in a little, but uh, anyway... Um, here, here we move forward with some more coming off of Seasons in the Abyss. The name of this track is Temptation by Slayer. <laughs> Yeah. 
up, it's like, it speaks for itself, to be quite honest. I mean, it's like, guys, like, did an amazing job, and drums are, like, freaking intense. It's like, I mean, I don't really know what to say about it. It's like, <laughs> it's there's like, so it? it's like, I mean, it's perfection in sounding, mm. and like, the, 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 the dynamics of his playing and everything. It's like, the guy's a master on that. It's like, that breakdown in War Ensemble, dude, every time live just drives me nuts. It's just incredible. Yeah, it's like, that, that when, he, when, he's just, when he screams War and the drum rolls kick in, it's just like... It, for, for, to me, when, you think of, when I think of thrash bands... Right. Straight thrash, okay? You could even... You know, Metallica has thrash elements, but they've gone in some directions where you could say they're not even really thrash anymore. When it comes to thrash, to me, no one touches Slayer. Mm-hmm. No one touches them, with, with Lovardo especially. Forget about it. They, they leave everyone just in the dust. When I saw that show with Judas Priest, the, 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 the year before Maiden got pelted with Exhaust Fest, Slayer was on that bill as well. Dude, they just were unbelievable, and, even in their older age. And the I guy, saw the guy the actually, like, aging, he gets even more soft. Better, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's funny seeing him play where it's like nothing. You see him play, he's so not even solid. breaking a sweat. <laughs> Greatest drummer in, in metal history. I mean, yeah. for me, Neil Peart, Dave Lombardo, two best drummers in, in all the music that I've ever listened to. And I, I like John Bonham a lot, too. But those two guys are... You can't touch it's them, man. Definitely They're perfectionists at the, the craft. It's like, really, really perfectionist for sure. Like, yeah, this guy, you've got a, a YouTube video of him. What do you play on YouTube? I did, actually, cover, but that was Paul Bostoff. Oh, that was it a was on, Yeah, because it was Payback. It was in uh, God in Us All. <laughs> so. But that song is freaking amazing. It's like... Freaking like intense. It's like starts like on like A notes really fast, and it's like all like you know the the like trash beat that goes like super fast. It's like I, I love that song. I've had people. <laughs> I've had people argue that Bostoff is the best out of the three that Slayer's had. Bostoff is good, really but good. man, come on, you can't top it. Like it's like <laughs> no Lombard. Like you can't freaking go over Lombard. No. I would agree. I, I, I mean, I was I mean, into Bostoff and Forbidden when I was a kid. You know, he was the first yeah, Forbidden. Man. He's like, I actually heard a lot of like negative comments from like the, you know, Slayer, true fans, like, like hardcore fans, like, oh, Bostoff, no, no way. It's like, I mean, I like the guy. It's like, it's a great drummer. Right. But I think it's, I mean, you know, Slayer should stick around with Lombard. <laughs> There's a lot of great drummers out there, dude, and Bostoff is definitely one of them. But when you're talking about sheer attack and sheer, uh, yeah. sheer, sheer attack on every drum head, um, no one can do a drum roll like Lombardo. His drum rolls are the best in the business, dude. I don't even know if Neil Peart can do a drum roll like Lombardo. The way that he consistently hits toms and just just hits them so hard and, and at the perfect point. Yeah, I mean, dude, Silent Scream, drums. come on. And they go into Silent Scream after South of Heaven on that record. That's just one of the best drum fucking turnarounds I've ever heard in my life. I mean, the breakdown of Angel of Death, War Ensemble. I've never heard Basta or anybody do something that impactful that you walk away from it going, my God, what the fuck earth-shattering shit is that? You know? I mean, it's yeah, that good. Right. You know? right. It really it's is. Mind-blowing, man. Yeah. I, I, I had, like... I didn't see them much. I didn't. I saw them once only live, and I, it's a shame because I, I wish I saw them more than that. But it was like in 2006, with with the Lamb of God and Children of Bottom. It was like, in, like I was back in Berkeley still. I was like, and it was ridiculous, man. Was that when Lombardo came back in? Because I, I think I yeah, saw yeah, him back it was him playing. I was like, wow, okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, <laughs> and I almost got the stick too, dude, like this much. I was like, ah, oh. that was a failure right there of mine. <laughs> yes, those were good shows, man. I saw him at the Warfield in San Fran right after he came back in the band. I guess that would have been more like O two, O one or O two, I believe. So good, man. It was such a good show, dude. It was incredible, man. It was like one of the best shows I've ever seen. I saw him when I was really, really young, open up for Judas Priest <laughs> on the South of Heaven tour. And that was pretty <laughs> by Slayer coming off of South of Heaven. And there you go, the White Wizard guys, John Leone and uh, Giovanni Durst commenting on not only Seasons in the Abyss, but Slayer and Dave Lombardo and Paul Bostaff and, and all that great, great stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's what... It's great when you... Uh, uh, I, I recorded a bunch of these things, you know, uh, quite a while back. Obviously, there's been a big gap between the last classic albums column which came out months ago and this one so uh some of the things that people allude to were back in 2011 so you know i do apologize for the big gap in time but i still think that it's cool to hear all these different stories uh up next we're gonna get into a little born of fire but before that uh want to remind you guys that you can check out Everything that you're listening to here on MarsAttacksRadio.com, you can subscribe via iTunes, and uh, you can check out the Facebook page, which is uh, Facebook forward slash MarsAttacksRadio. You can also check out the Twitter account, which is MarsAries2005. If there's any mix-up whatsoever, just go to the... Uh, homepage of MarsAttacksRadio.com. You'll find links to all the great social media sites, Google+, MySpace, so on and so forth. We're signed up. Whether people visit it or not, that's another thing, but we are there. Also, if you want to send in your comments regarding the Classic Albums column, uh, just send your comments into ClassicAlbums at MarsAttacksRadio.com. If you want to comment on future albums... Drop your, you know, drop us a comment there as well. Drop us a line, I was going to say. But, excuse me. Anyway, um, just let us know. 
Uh, also, if you want to discuss anything about the podcast, do that. Uh, drops a line there as well. Uh, we're still looking for contributors. If people want to uh, review albums or just discuss music in general on the site, send me an email, input at marsattacksradio.com. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. A very special guest. The person that, in my opinion, who makes all of these uh, podcasts so great, all of these classic albums uh, podcast so great. Gene Hoagland. For those of you that don't know, Gene is associated to the band. Uh, Dave Lombardo used his symbols on the first Slayer EP. He roadied for them. So he's going to touch upon some of that in a second. Uh, but before we get to Gene Hoagland's comments, a little Born of Fire by Slayer. <laughs> about me working with them and working for them when I was a kid. You know, I was 15 and doing lights for them. You know, I went on tour with those guys when I was 16. And, you know, and, and Dave and I were always talking drums and I was always showing Dave, you know, little, little, little tricks on the, for, for the double bass. 
and stuff because you know he had just gotten his first double case kit when they were about to record uh, Haunting the Chapel. So I gave him a bunch of a bunch of tips that were working for me anyway, and and so all those stories are pretty well known. And um, I I I liked it better than South of Heaven, you know. Um, and I thought I thought that was the last really roaring record seasons. Um, for me, it had a whole ton of filler on it, but the one thing I think, you know, all their ripping songs, like, you know, War Ensemble, Born of Fire, Hallowed Point, Spirit in Black, um, you know, those songs are classic ripping Slayer songs, which, you know, they kind of wanted to shy away from that on South of Heaven. I remember the interviews saying, hey, we just put out the fastest, heaviest record ever with Rain, but how are we going to top that? We decided to go the opposite direction and make a bunch of slow songs. Slayer's slow songs were always the best songs on Hell Awaits <laughs> and, and Haunting the Chapel and, and Show No Mercy. I mean, they wrote great mid-tempo songs. However, on Top of Heaven, those mid-tempo songs were more in the rock vein, not mid-tempo metal songs. So, um, And then in Seasons in the Abyss, you know, Slayer, I find, uh, I, I, you know, them and Metallica, but they were a super influential band on all the death metal and all the, all the thrash metal and stuff. They were more of an influence than Metallica was, I thought. And then when Seasons came out, I think they actually were more of an influence on new metal. You know, Slayer is an absolutely influential band because you got songs like Expendable Youth that has the riff that new metal was all based on I mean everybody had that riff. You know, Korn made that riff popular. I think Fear Factory actually wrote that riff before Korn ever had it. Well that you know, Season in the Abyss was the album that, you know, I mean White Zombie took a influence from Slayer from that era. You know, South of Heaven, Seasons in the Abyss. I thought they were a big influence on. I thought White Zombie just sounded like the slow Slayer material. Um, <laughs> and Chaos AD. Boy, I thought that was just a you know, okay, well we can't sound like Rain and Blood, so we're gonna try to sound like the slow stuff. You know, I thought that was a big influence <laughs> on Sepultura, and Sepultura was a big influence on everything. So. You know, Slayer right. doesn't get a lot of credit for influencing the groovier side of things as well, because all that credit went to Pantera and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, songs like Dead Skin Mask and, and Expendable Youth were, were a big influence on on the later, you know, on that new metal stuff. But I got to admit, I missed all that. You know, if they could have done an album of war ensembles and hallowed points and born of fires, I would have been psyched, you know. I just, I remember, like I said, I, when they were saying, hey, man, we put out South of Heaven because we, we already did Rain and Blood. And then, you know, years later, they're like, wow, this album sounds a lot like Rain and Blood. And it doesn't. And then their next album, wow, this album sounds a lot like Rain and Blood. And it doesn't. So it's like, God, keep your mouth shut and write some Slayer songs, you know? Yeah, how, how many bands do that where, uh, you know, there's just the one album that this is the heaviest album since that album, or this is going back to our roots. It sounds like this album, and you hear it, and it pisses you off because it sounds nothing like it. <laughs> sure, and, you know, when you try to justify your your latest record, 
you know, as trying to not sound like your classic record, that's when you start painting yourselves into a corner because now you're, you're doubly yeah. fucked. Because if you just said nothing <laughs> and said, hey, man, we put out a Slayer album, fuck you, then okay, yeah. we'll, we'll shut up and take it. But if you're, if you're qualifying why you're putting out an album of this, you know, like, hey, man, you guys are Slayers. You don't have to explain shit to anybody. You yeah. Know? And, and, but they did. And, you know, because they were catching shit, you know, why do you have a bunch of songs like South of Heaven, full songs like Mandatory Suicide, you know, when they could write freely ripping mid-tempo songs, you know, like At Dawn They Sleep, what a great song, you know, uh, or The Crypts of Eternity, another great song, Chapter of Sin, mid-tempo song, great song, but, you know, they just kind of went into the, you know, I, you know, how much influence was Rick Rubin on them with the, you know, hey guys, that's cool that you could do all this really off-time double bass mid-tempo stuff, but why don't you write a rock-based thing, you know? So, so there you go. Maybe their uh, their version of Inagata De Vita was a big influence on the whole South of Heaven seasons in the abyss vein because their music sounded more like Inagata De Vita than Crypts of Eternity, you know? <laughs> but how? What do I know? Well, that's a fair point. <laughs> I mean, that that did get them uh, some decent airplay. So who knows? That that could have been a uh, defining uh, or a deciding factor in them maybe doing some things more in that vein. Who knows? And and they say that they supposedly hate that version of that song. But sure, yeah, I totally. remember uh, I remember growing up and hearing it on the radio all the time. So oh, absolutely. And with South of Heaven, I thought, you know, because, you know, I, KNAC was the big station here in L.A., and the fact that they played a song that had the word cunting in it, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> cunting Daughters. Like, what's a cunting daughter? That's awesome. That's great. And they're playing it on the radio. Wicked. This month's classic albums column, that is Slayer Seasons in the Abyss. I want to thank everyone that was involved in this episode, from Gene Hoagland to Alan Tecchio to Dave Reffitt to Martin Popoff, Mitch LaFon, Andrew Bonsall, Rock from Radioactive Metal, and all of those that wrote in and their comments are now posted up on the website so go to marsattacksradio.com and check that out i want to thank you the listeners for checking this episode out and for bearing with me and hanging in there while i've been away tending to family issues i promise that i will do my best to get uh new podcasts up to here sooner uh, for those of you that are interested there are some that wrote me and i can promise you that it wasn't my mother, it wasn't anyone in my family. 
<laughs> it was people that honestly wrote and said, hey, when's the next you know, episode? So uh, leave us your comments. Uh, if you write in, we may read your comments uh, in future episodes, and we are going to be um, shifting things up. We're going to be switching things around in the next few episodes, so your comments will be important. Uh, in any event, thanks for listening. Again, check out MarsAttacksRadio.com. Check out, check us out on iTunes, so on and so forth. Uh, thanks, and we're going to leave you with the title track, which everyone seems to bring up. Everyone brings it up. As a matter of fact, um, someone that I know who's fairly uh, close to me, uh, at least he's my guitar teacher anyway, uh, the guitarist of the Spanish band Angelus Apatrida. He is, his name is David Alvarez. Uh, he mentions that the band has been talking about covering this track forever live. They've opened up for Slayer uh, when they were here in Spain. So uh, there you have it. Anyway, Seasons in the Abyss. In the Abyss, excuse me. Sound like Bubba Gump there for a second. Anyway, thanks again for listening. And see you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast.
iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Mars Attacks Radio. Mars Attacks Radio. Mars Attacks Radio. And don't forget Twitter at Mars Aries 2.